I posted this on Twitter, but I'm still appalled that my daughter told me that eggs are chicken abortions. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Doom Patrol, Season 1, Episode 2, Donkey Patrol. This episode was written by... Is that Neil? Neil Reynolds and Shoshana Sashi. Directed by Dermot Downs. Premiered February 22nd of 2019. I gave this episode a 7.2 out of 10. I thought it was slow paced the first half and around the last 15 minutes it really picked up and got interesting. I like the introduction of Cyborg. Y'all know how I feel about him being on this show and opposed to Titans. So I will not rehash that. However, I wasn't sure how I felt with his interaction with the team until the end of the episode where I saw more potential. For him being integrated. Because it was feeling. Like oil and. Villa icing or something. Things that just does not. Go together well. And it's disgusting. And I don't want to see or eat it. But by the end of this. I was invested. And I am thoroughly intrigued about what Mr. Nobody can do. I think that's where the episode was strongest. But the the beginning to the mid was a bit of a struggle. So we start with the Vortex. That's what it's called. I was having a hard time putting a name to what this was. I was like, what's an upside down tornado? I know there's a name for that. It's a Vortex. They're all standing there as a cockroach is on a garbage bin preaching as if he is at a pulpit and then gets sucked into the vortex. We see cars and trucks being sucked into the vortex. Never mind that people are walking around some with umbrellas on. (laughs) (laughs) that didn't make a whole bunch of sense i've seen this type of um cinematography done on the flash and i must say the flash won (laughs) because i can very clearly see a few things that did not quite like i didn't even care our superheroes were standing there because i could be like oh well you know rita ray's really 5,000 pounds and Metal Man, of course, he'd be fine. And then you had uh, Larry naturally being the one that would fall and Metal Man holding him up. And then Jane, I mean, she's got something that could protect her. So I was fine with our heroes being in their hero pose for a very long time as they watched the chaos go down. Granted, <laughs> like even homeboy tried to save larry one guy but everyone else just kind of watched and said what the fuck a lot 
Calder is like, who are you talking to? As Mr. Nobody continues to break the fourth wall and makes meta commentary to the audience. He says, I'm talking to critics or Reddit users or whoever's watching this show. (laughs) The 2% who stayed after the donkey. And he seems to be able to control the narrative, which is interesting. And he moves the bus with the chief into the vortex he's in the bus as well the chief he have jane trying to stop it with her super strength no one decides to go help her i mean i guess well eh, i can't see rita without a whole bunch of coaching just deciding to because i feel as if she would have turned it to the blob but i guess it didn't matter and then after she fails to stop it decides to do an olympic dive inside the vortex herself all that yelling cliff was doing after that though was so unnecessary i cannot stand a character just screaming another character's name for 45 minutes to it's like why just jane that's it that's all you need and then he says holy shit in the aftermath because the entire town has been sucked into this vortex while he's hysterical rita is in full denial mode like i'm just gonna go home because the chief he be going off all the time and he eventually comes back and he'll figure out what's going on with the town and jane well she does the exact same thing so i'm about to go do trash because it's thursday my dude larry says fuck y'all i am done i'm about to get as far away from everything as i possibly can and leaves leaving cliff there to pal and i would like him he's just like oh well you guys came back for us and she's like well really jane came back for you we just went along with her and we did say or the chief said that he was in danger of enemies so now you all of a sudden concerned about those enemies what he said was gonna happen happened so (laughs) there you go and then cliff says that he is going to do what he can to get both or did he say that i don't know he made some inclination he's going to stay in the town to figure this shit out then we go to detroit where cyborg messes up a criminal at the atm well messes with him before messing him up and kicks his ass flirts with the girl she's like oh you cyborg he's like call me Vic. can i get your number I like that he doesn't ask for her number though. He could have been so nasty and trife with it, but he wasn't. He's just like, no, I'm here to help. Then he goes to, uh, I don't know, this really cool looking place that I wish was anywhere around where I live, where I can go get some tacos or whatever <laughs> at that time of night. And he gets a call from his dad who tells him that i wish you would have spent a little bit less time fucking with the criminals instead of just taking them down and he's like whatever and his dad's like well i would like you to 
Grow the fuck up. So Vic says, I'm going to go to privacy mode and eat. Then he goes on the blotters blog where he hacks into some news stories, listens to an FBI call about Cloverton, Ohio being gone, saying they're going to give it to the ant farm catalog. So I think it's interesting that the FBI is aware that there's crazy shit going on. He's like, just tell him it's a gas leak or whatever. And they're covering this shit up and they're having a special group of people in the government because they're bitching Justice League. So, so many things that are canon in the DC universe apparently is canon in this show as well. I have not watched any of the Justice League. <laughs> I didn't watch none of that shit. The movies, I'm sorry. They, not one of them looked intriguing except for Wonder Woman. That's the exception. Everything else, not so much. Nope. Five years ago at Star Labs in Detroit, my man Barry is franchised. Now Calder rolls in, he's a friend of Silas and he is very much liked by Vic, who is younger. And you can tell that he is interested in Niall's social project of these potential people or people that are bursting with potential because Silas is very to the point, very much about the statistics and so on and so forth. Nah, even asked like, what is your plans for today? And he doesn't even treat him like a person. He's treating him like he is just a robot, which is sad. And that's supposed to be your daddy. Like, oh, what you doing? Um, my life is your entire muscle skeleton system. So there's my plans. <laughs> Larry tries to go to Ismay, Montana. Is that where it was? To work on his tan. And I was like, because it did not work as a joke. But the entity inside of him is not allowing him to go anywhere despite many ticket exchanges and montages of the corporal prostrate form of Larry falling as the entity leaves him. It's meant to be funny. I thought it went on entirely too long. Back in Clovertown, Vic watches Cliff curse and chase a donkey that he very easily captures. Then is told by Cliff, And you need to mind your damn business, bitch! When he wonders what the hell is going on, but when he says he knows Niles, he's a little bit more forthcoming with information. And then... This is where I was like, Vic, come on, man. You just showed up. He's like, oh, so you lost your leader and the town and you ain't shit at catching a donkey. <laughs> this entire exchange of them yelling was over the top. I did not like it. And then Jane is spit out of the donkey. Larry gets back home and runs into Rita, who's just wrapping herself in bandages and he says that he ran away when she was in trouble because he was scared and she's like 
I understand. I want to run away from me too, which is so sad. And then he says that he can't control the being that is inside of him and he doesn't understand it. And she says, well, if we make things worse, let's just not get involved. Cliff comes home right on time with an unconscious Rita talking about, what do you say? Uh, I can't even remember. I just thought it was over the top once again. Vic, who is sort of surprised no one knows who he is <laughs> when he introduces himself. Rita reacts in much the same way she always reacts when she meets someone which is well it seems like the capable person is uh taking care of business so there you go and then we have larry salute him which was kind of weird and then i realized that these are two people from a time of segregation (laughs) so i should not be surprised by their odd behavior neither one seemed concerned about jane and i thought that was a little off kilter well then again i I keep remembering that she introduced herself to rita by saying to fuck off and die i will never not love that scene flashback to niles and victor racing in the park dad has told victor is that his whole name victor or just vic he tells him that basically your team like i'm working to join the justice league in five years with training and that yo peeps i heard is basically uh you're a crisis social worker for mutants <laughs> for metahumans that have gone wrong or do not have the greatest power and i like the fact though that they are having a show with that premise and concept because everyone doesn't get the greatest fucking powers in the world sometimes they suck and you have to deal with them maybe this is where they were starting to go with the whole idea that they thought they were going to tie in with the metahuman cure and the flash that never really took off but neil is totally trying to recruit cyborg for his team and he knows it because he says all battles are not fought on the front line cliff in the present explains to jane well he does not explain that jane has many personalities to vic who's wondering what's going on and those personalities are not cooperating whatsoever a few do emerge i don't eh. The, a change of personalities is a hard thing to do and unfortunately i know i'm gonna be a bitch and say it i'm not saying this actress does it terribly however i've watched james mcavoy <laughs> in glass and in that other movie um that he did with all the i basically i've seen it done so much if you're gonna do the trope because i've also watched legion it's gotta be good it's gotta be top notch if you're gonna go there and do it and unfortunately that's not what i was seeing like i said it's not terrible but i'm not i like i don't click or feel a certain way when i'm introduced to any of her personalities like this is not it's fun and it's it feels like there's a very deep personal traumatic backstory attached to it 
but as I've stated before, this is kind of a tropish type of character. And that's unfortunate because anything that comes after greatness, it's kind of like, it's kind of like thinking about anyone replacing Heath Ledger's Joker, right? It's like, oh man, <laughs> whoever's going to take that's going to have to be on par. And Johan Phoenix stepped to the plate. And he batted a home run. And that's that. I'm just saying. But we see a few of her personalities. And we settle on Baby Doll, who is a huge Cyborg fan. And Cyborg says, well, um, well, after she says she likes him more than The Flash, which is ridiculous. Cyborg says, well, I heard he ain't that fast. I got a Glock in my Rory. Nah, nah, nah. You got to step off one Bartholomew Henry Allen. Uh, Baby Doll thinks that Cliff is scary and she wants him to go away. It hurts his feelings, but he goes down to the chief's room and finds some VH, test, ugh, VHS tapes in which he is going to try to get some answers about reaching Jane. Vic is showing baby doll some kittens and she enjoys it then he starts to try to gently prod some info about chief while cliff is learning about the underground and how all the personalities are connected but there is one in particular that jane does not talk to well there's a few but this one by name is called katie and just as she's talking about how she don't talk to katie all like that Baby Doll tells Vic that Katie saw something and he's like, oh good, let me talk to Katie. And then Cliff is like, oh shit, when he realizes that there's a personality or personalities that do not like to be interrogated. Like some people wanted to stay and be in the house with the, with the group some personalities did not and she says that she don't talk to them other personalities and then one of the savages emerges well not as savage as i thought just turns into a flaming <laughs> lady and throws fireballs at vic they start to scrap and then vic gets t-boned by cliff and his name is bruh frankly speaking Cliff was pissing me off this entire episode, talking about it's still Jane. Let's do a little like I can. Sir, I am still going to defend myself. Why couldn't you, I don't know, help subdue the fire lady in the house that could cause other people danger? But it doesn't matter because Katie has now turned into Lucy Fuge, who can electrocute both of them then cliff meets hammerhead and it's all like i thought we were friends and hammer's like well that's what you thought and starts whooping his ass larry goes to rita's door and says do you want to get some air because look trouble has found its way in the house silver tongue was pretty cool only because her words then emerge as weapons and that's just that's very unique i like that that sounds like a misfits type of um power vic does uh steal <laughs> cliff's thunder 
because she does have a knife to his what like i was kind of confused at that part too like oh i got a knife to your throat i'm made of fucking metal like i'm made of whatever the hell it is you slit my throat it does not work it, it should just go clean <laughs> so i'm not sure why this was a threat but it, he's all like i know about the underground i want to help you and Vic's like yeah well it's better if you talk to her in her room so stop fucking acting like i'm not doing my job like you should be rita and larry are out in the yard as larry kind of wonders about that goat or donkey wonder if it may be a gate to something as Vic comes out wondering the same thing I was laughing because they were playing Jenga. And Vic scans the donkey, but looks in its throat and finds a key. Larry goes on this whole speech about all he knows about science in the 50s. And I'm like, well, maybe that's why you need to seek out some help to understand the other being inside of you because them two science books ain't gonna help they wrote rita into since she can squeeze herself into whatever she could go put herself in a trash bag and they could basically use her like you would i don't know follow out some cookie dough or something i don't know she's gonna get in there she says how dare you suggest such a thing it's disgusting then she goes into the house and cliff admits that he's a failure and that jane is getting worse because she's just lying on the floor rita decides fine fuck i'm guilt tripped enough and gets a, uh, a garbage bag her eyeball goes in she takes a peek says it's beautiful she gets sucked inside and apparently the other two get sucked inside as well they are standing on top of a lake and then they are <laughs> he's a bandage guy there is some humor in here that i really like and i think that that works really well but sometimes the yelly part with the team it doesn't but the uh the oh god i forgot his name and i was shitting on a narration in the first episode so i take it back i do and i'm very used to it and now i see plus now that i understand why it's important that he's narrating that also gives a whole nother uh understanding of the show it's not there just to be cute it's there because it makes sense for the character um trying to get his name alan tudyk yep that plays mr nobody eric morden so then they listen to a tape <laughs> where cyborg is like this is crazy as cyborg exclaims <laughs> and then larry wants cyborg to take charge and then the funniest one is rita open her mouth even though she had nothing to contribute these nuts gotti <laughs> gotti <he>. <laughs> He tells them the trio needs to continue onward. They're like, so I don't understand. And he's like, well, let me just repeat myself. And they start moving into town. 
Cliff makes Jane PBJ has a flashback of his daughter. Hammerhead says some of us are allergic to shit because baby doll was all impressed. And then he gets it thrown at him and told that she is not his daughter. Like he be taking some hits from Jane. Jane's personalities. Each member of the trio in nobody's world are confronted with three of their deepest feelings fears whatever's nostalgia for rita loss for cyborg futility from larry rita is in on the set of a movie where she is being gushed over as being beautiful she's the star once more and she embraces that shit quickly larry is a little bit more trepidatious about grabbing the stick like i feel like there was some sexual (laughs) innuendo in this because he says you know you want to grab the stick i am just trash so it could just be me and he's like i can't do it and then he finally gives into it uh i don't know but he's flying once again and that makes him happy cyborg he says well you're a little bit more seasoned so i don't have to seduce you i get to skip to the fun part which is torture and we see the night that cyborg was split apart apparently missing eye and everything and i should not have laughed when cyborg said you bastard (laughs) but (laughs) it was funny but then there there's the disfigured burning corpse of his mother uh, right in front of him a foot away and mr nobody tells him he wants to know who he is as cyborg says i want to know who you are cliff is being shown a vision of his daughter by jane fucking with him and he's like look um I don't know what kind of trauma would split a person 64 times and why you would come back for me because I don't deserve it. I was a really shitty father. We already got that first episode, so I kind of don't want to hear it again. Like we saw you fucking the nanny and then went and picked up your daughter with the sex all over you. We, we got it. You were a shitty father. That reminds me, and this is a sidebar. How come they got Brandon Fraser fucking girls and doing coke and shit in the bathroom while his daughter's feet away? But, you know, I didn't get no type of decor reaction except for leave the boots on. I'm just. <laughs> Why can't I get an interracial couple on screen and I see them smash properly? like everybody else get these good smash scenes uh anyhow back to this show cliff is just like look um i just want to make sure that you're safe and i want to keep you safe Jane eventually does come back and says, can you make me another PB&J? Because I saw what Hammerhead did and that shit was fucked up. Rita has fallen easily into being a wannabe Oscar nominee because she is really dedicated to that part, despite Mr. Nobody saying 
that you are stupid and that you are continuing on despite knowing this is a fucking trap and she says what else am i supposed to do and he drags her for phil for being desperate as hell clinging on to faded glory and then we see that there's a baby and i was like oh the secrets in rita's closet larry is being taunted by what continued to drive him to the sky in a way which is the fact that he was fleeing from his family from his lover from his sexuality (laughs) from his children he said fuck it all and he says that his loved ones are the ones that and his lover that paid the price and we see something must have happened to the lover because he's all like deformed in the face talking about some help me and he keeps ignoring him cyborg tells mr nobody he gives this really inspirational speech like oh you think you got me figured out because you're gonna torture me with the sight of my dead mama i think about this shit every day from morning noon and night when i close my eyes i torture myself with it because i am the one that created the accident that killed her and i made a pledge that she will never or that i will always make her proud by stopping the bad guys and mr nobody calls it all donkey shit and he was like what does that mean and i think i'm gonna get save that for the ending because there's some interesting i think dark shit going on there and then he says look i'm the fucking narrator think about what that means i exist out of time space or time and space and i know what your past present and future is rita gave up a baby the question is was it half black i don't know why (laughs) but my mind went there it's bad it's i mean she gave up a baby for her career probably never found that baby probably has a whole bunch of grandchildren she don't know nothing about her line went on she said fuck that life i need an oscar but he says you need to stop looking for now's calder otherwise i'm going to splat all of your secrets to everybody vic is then being dissected by his father silas and he's like do you want me out of your head or do you want your father out of your head and that he's the most tragic of them all because he doesn't have memories he has programming oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness we'll put a pin in that and come back to it later larry's glowing baby bird (laughs) releases itself because it must protect its master and the team from the torture early as the narrator states and then didn't i will say rita said something like that like isn't the thing inside of you capable of ripping through space time or something like that and he's like i don't know like i would figure shit like that out larry seems way and i get it like they're showing he's very passive he does not confront shit like he's very (laughs) like instead of choosing his wife or his family or his lover he just decided to run away and something tells me it cost him the goat then explodes and everyone is released the town of cloverton is returned i wonder if he erased all their memories or if everyone is (laughs) indeed recalling what happened 
Mr. Nobody does say you guys are now at my mercy. Then we have Cyborg thanking Larry, saying that thing inside of you saved us. And Larry is like, don't thank me, Larry. Stop it. Then Jif, uh, Jif, Cliff and Jane. <laughs> That's their shift name now. Jif. <laughs> Join them. Like, what the hell happened? She's like, yeah, I could have told you it was a trap. Yeah, we all know you was gone. And Rita's like, I see what you did because Cliff knew the entire time it was a door. Of course he knew it was a door. And he set them up to help. Then we have Vic stepping up saying Mr. Nobody is scared of us. Otherwise, why would he bother with this whole elaborate warning? And that all we need to do. And then his mojo is stopped because his daddy has showed up to call his name and tell him he is basically in trouble they have an interesting conversation where he tells him that i am gonna look for now's calder silas is like that's his problem our thing is detroit that's our mission and that is what cyborg he doesn't call him by his name he calls him cyborg like there's a detachment there that a father shouldn't have for his son and then he says something interesting which is the exact words except it's in the plural form that cyborg said to mr nobody so that to me tells a story of someone who has been trained and ingrained with this backstory with this inspiration which makes me feel as if there may be some untruth to it like it wasn't cyborg that caused the, like this is a great origin story and the way no, mr nobody said oh what a great origin story makes me feel that it might be bullshit and i think cyborg sent something when he realized those were words like he probably said it his whole entire life and never thought about it and then realized yeah i am just programming which means I am what someone has made me and I'm trusting that that person has given me all the information but how would I know otherwise and I think this is him starting to take the necessary steps to to move away from the complete control of his father because he even says I was on privacy mode he's like well you didn't check in he's like eh, but you can still find me wherever you want to then his dad kind of gives him a bribe like oh if we come back to detroit i'll give you a godlike upgrade that will make you unstoppable and cyber's like that's not what i want clearly i will be back in a few days and that you don't need to worry and silas says well i always worry about you and he's like well why because i am cyborg right the great hero that you are trying to make me out to be then we see larry go through some type of machine i'm guessing it's for radiation his bandages are red and his coat is red because all that goat blood that's so gross then we see him remove his bandages i didn't know why i thought after the ghost thing left him he would just be like hollow man (laughs) but he is a tangible person in which you could touch 
and he is very scarred and he says i was told i'm supposed to thank you you could tell I, I like the way they did the the makeup i thought it was very fairly lifelike and he lays down he writes a note first puts it on the mirror lays down says you'll wake up that's got to be a terrible fear too like if i go to sleep or is that how it works he goes to sleep something else takes over because if you see the bean come out of his body and look at the note that says we need some ground rules so i am interested in the cliff stuff or not the cliff stuff the cyborg stuff because that's how we end the episode larry got 10 times more interesting rita and a baby abandonment got 10 times more interesting (laughs) and then we have oh no that's not the last scene of the episode i did forget um the scene after where he almost opens the door and it's rita there he says i'm looking vic that is for a guest room she says it's not a hotel you got to pick up after yourself and he's like i can do that and then he says something i think was just special and that's you did really good today rita you were a star that means something to somebody and i thought that was like that's what he brings to this team these people that haven't had that love and assurance for who they are and what they can contribute and i think that's important that cyborg brings that with his experience then i forgot the last part of the episode was the hangman drawing what looked like cyborg carrying someone in his arms screaming who was that was that his father and can the the hangman's daughter predict death when she draws it like she gets premonitions maybe all of that was very intriguing and i cannot wait to learn more about so those were my thoughts on the episode let's jump into the feedback shy says hey christina i'm back with my thoughts on doom patrol i won't bemoan my dwindling vacay days again since i did that already in my merlin feedback i'll just get into this show sometimes i wish i had a better understanding of the comics before i try to watch these types of shows i feel it would give me better footing when i start watching them yes sometimes it could be good to not know anything because you come into it with little to no expectations but i sometimes feel lost as to what the fuck is happening which was the case with this episode i would love to say i or that i watched this episode and loved it if it weren't for the fact that i spent probably half the episode confused as fuck and not even beginning to know what the fuck was going on i did enjoy it and i'm definitely intrigued and excited to figure it out but I don't have too much to say about this episode outside of expressing my confusion. There were some things that stood out, such as being taken aback by the people running around in the town at the beginning, because I was under the impression the town was empty from the last episode. Next thing you know, people are running around screaming and hollering. I found it strange that the whole was able to suck in this big ass bus buildings, but they were able to stand there and not be affected. (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad we both saw that but see i made excuses for them 
but not the other pedestrians running around. Rita and Cliff's back and forth was funny. Rita doing her thing by trying to stay calm, being in denial, talking about how the chief has disappeared before and Cliff freaking the fuck out, pointing out the obvious that into a fucking hole in the fucking ground had me dying. It was a bit anticlimactic, them all banding together and shit still went south and all they basically did was stand there aside from Jane just jumping into the hole. Of course, I get that this is their hero's journey from a bunch of misfits to heroes, so I get they weren't supposed to save the day, but they literally just stood there after all that, except for Jane, of course. We are introduced to Cyborg, interested in his backstory. We get a version of Star Labs, which was cool. Then mentioning the Flash, although they were talking some serious shit about him, homie don't play that, those are fighting words. We see more of Jane's personalities. Obviously, we never want to see Katie unless it's against the villain. We see that Cliff has developed a special bond with Jane, like a surrogate daughter. So Rita, Larry, and Vic get pulled into the donkey that when things that's when things get really trippy. I know the narrator guy had a purpose, but it was annoying at times and added to my confusion in this episode interested to learn why they were put through that if it was explained i missed it cyborg's story was interesting because it brought up the question of are those his true memories or memories that were programmed into him we see the town get restored and the donkey exploding not sure why it had to be a donkey (laughs) that this all took place in Still a lot of figuring out to do, but I was engaged in what was happening and I'm sure it will make sense as I continue to watch. But for now, I'm on the struggle bus. I think that those are all valid things that are supposed to be like this was somehow like imagine if you're already a fucked up personality and you get superpowers that are not even fully like it feels as if he can make whatever he narrates he can make come into play like he can make it the reality and but he i guess it's confusing though because when he says he knows their past present and future eh, i'm not sure what that means but whatever the case may be this was a threat not to follow or chase now's calder this was supposed to put them off why it had to be in a donkey world i don't know or donkeys throw i don't know but i think that's just the the awkwardness of the of the villain right like the the villain is gonna match the craziness of the people in which he they are going after like i could definitely see someone calling captain america saying hey so mr mobody's at and he just hang up the phone like bitch i ain't got no time (laughs) none i'm dealing with thanos y'all gonna have to figure out this uh extra dimensional time shit on your own well those are my thoughts for this episode it's early on in the series so i know it will all come together at some point or when i listen to your podcast you will make sense of it for me hopefully either way works for me until the next time, much love, peace and black girl magic, queen of the couch. That is Miss Shy. I'm also thinking, because now I'm stuck on that joke. 
um say like constantine like you never do see that right like if there's demons and shit there's a certain people that deal with those type of threats and there's there's we deal with these type of threats the faker yeah that's in the flash category we all don't exchange the same threats everyone occasionally has to join together for like the dominators that are aliens like everything fucking exists in this universe so it kind of makes sense to me that you would have different strokes for different folks and sometimes you leave things for the a team and sometimes you let the b squad come on in and then sometimes you let the the fucking f squad come in (laughs) and they are starting at the bottom i will say like not even a little superhero training they have none of course they stood there they're like i can't even believe what i'm fucking seeing either (laughs) but that is our thoughts on the episode if you want to send the feedback for the next episode of doom patrol you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast you can find black girl couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will also be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review or rate the podcast. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic. <laughs>